Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Matt. And welcome to Going Pear-Shaped, a podcast that's just kind of about whatever the fuck we feel like talking about. And speaking of which, uh, Matt is pushing that uh, particular notion to its limit and uh, has just picked a subject for us to talk about that's a little bit off the wall. Hey, Matt, do you want to start by just uh, telling the listener how you decided on this topic? (laughs) You're going to laugh when I say this because you know me. It got started because I hate The Division. Really? Tom Clancy's The Division a lot. Okay. <laughs> Do you want me to elaborate further? Yes, pl- well, yes, this is a podcast where we talk. Yes, elaborate. Um, well, now I have to be contrarian and not say anything. So, I was playing through The Division, and it was fun, but I was getting angry at it because The Division is a fucking horribly written game filled with a bunch of dumb bullshit. One of the dumb bullshit things I noticed was that the napalm in that game glows bright orange and i swear to god this will actually lead into it so i was talking with my friends while i was playing that and i was like napalm doesn't glow bright orange in fact it it, because you know it it's not it doesn't it doesn't glow bright doesn't glow bright orange so then we got off track and started talking about improvised weaponry because i had talked about how any chuckle fuck with the right equipment can make napalm without relying on a bright bunch of pipes in a huge manufacturum manufactory manufactory to make napalm i just hate the fucking game so much then we take, got take, all... a, take, take a deep breath build your sentences <laughs> again this is a podcast where we talk and people listen to us talk no this so. is a podcast where i incoherently rant about how much the division sucks and we get completely off topic after i did like actual hours of research for this episode Anyway, long story short, we got into improvised weaponry. One of the things we got into was the use of fertilizer to make car bombs. I went and I started looking up stuff on ammonium nitrate compounds because I wanted to see, wanted to make sure that I wasn't bullshitting and that I was actually talking about the right thing. And you wanted to end up on a government watch list because you were looking up the ingredients to make car bombs. I already am probably on a ton of different government watch lists for a lot of, a lot, a lot of different reasons. However, when I was searching ammonium nitrate, 1947 Texas City kept popping up as like a high-listed search over and over and over again. And that's how I learned about the worst industrial accident in United States history. Okay. And and this yep. is apparently something so fucking just completely off the wall, you came to me and were just like, dude, we gotta talk about this fucking thing in an episode. It's yes. fucking Banana Town. It's nuts. Not only because of what happened in this accident, because I, I read it and I'm like, worst industrial accident... And I'm like, yeah, right. And then I read it, and I'm like, holy fucking shit. Not only that, it's also what's crazy is how both me and you had never heard of this. Ever. Yeah. Ever. And this and had this, far-reaching implications. This, because huge, it, this was a huge deal. Yeah, because, like, and we'll get into it, it ultimately lead to, led to, like, wasn't it, like, the first time in the history of the United States that someone sued the government? Yeah, it was the first time a class action lawsuit had ever been undertaken versus the United States government. It led to huge sweeping reforms in both chemical and ag- in like chemical and agricultural chemical handling. It led to sweeping reforms in how first response crisis management is handled. It was a massive massive humanitarian undertaking in the aftermath of this fucking thing. Like this had huge far-reaching consequences. And I just I don't understand how I had never, ever heard of it. 
I just I don't know our, our education system possibly but like our education system is typically the problem with our education system is that it typically focuses too much on american affairs and not enough internationally and this is very very much an american affair so yeah yeah well let's 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 get into it start uh, begin at the beginning okay so 1947 april 16th texas city um 1947 texas city is a massive massive chemical exporter and it has been specifically designated as an area for, I guess you'd call it like humanitarian aid, humanitarian relief, for the import and export of agricultural goods and chemicals and the like to Eastern and Western Europe um, to help rebuild. Because you got to remember, the context is important for the setup here. Um, 1947, World War II can be confidently stated as being over, but the rebuilding effort is still very, very much a thing. Okay. So, there are there is a ship in the harbor of Texas City. It is called the Grand Camp. At 8 a.m. on April 16th, the Grand Camp's hold catches fire. All right. Now, to be clear, this is uh, Grand Camp is the Grand it's a Camp French French Viet, uh, vessel, right? Yes. Originally, it was actually a United States vessel. We actually gave it off to the Fran- the French post World War II um, to help. In the, to help in the rebuilding effort of France, um, and it was docked in the harbor being loaded with fer- fertilizer for agricultural reasons. I mean, what else, the hell else are you going to use fertilizer for other than bombs? Well, I mean, its, it's other use is going to become very relevant in the story very quickly. I, use is kind of a generous term. Anyway, at 8 a.m., roughly 8 a.m., it's actually the... At roughly 8 a.m., um, the crewmen notice that the hold of the Grand Camp is on fire. Um, also, at around the same period, at around the same period of time, a chemist by the name of Will Lane, working at the Monsanto plant, notices bright orange smoke. Um, he noted that, "quote You can look at it, and it was real pretty to watch. There were townspeople by the hundreds who lined the part of our parking lot that was nearest to the ship. They had come down to watch the fire." We could see bits and pieces of paper bagging going up into the air on the way, and by my bo- and. My boss and me thought, my boss, oh, sorry, my transcript is bad here. And my boss thought, and I thought it too, that we were witnessing a nitrate fire. But someone had said, it's a grain ship, it's the, the grain is on fire. After this, he went back to work thinking that he was mistaken. He wasn't mistaken. So roughly an hour passes, um, more firefighters getting, after the initial dock workers try and put it out unsuccessfully, firefighters start getting involved. Specifically 27 firefighters and four fire engines. This number becomes very important in a moment. They attempt- now, th- now that's a, um, this was back in the day where like a city's fire department, if it's a small town like this, was entirely volunteers. Like these are volunteer firemen. They're not really paid by the government per se. Yes, so these firefighters show up and they try and put out the fire and are these firefighters show up and they try and put out the fire. Roughly an hour passes and then the first explosion happens. Now, when the first explosion happened, a bunch of things when the first explosion goes off, a bunch of things simultaneously happen. One, the Grand Camp is loaded with 2300 tons of fertilizer which specifically ammonium nitrate fertilizer which again to remind the listener is the same thing they make car bombs out of this was actually the exact same compound timothy mcveigh used during the oklahoma sitting bombing or at least a virtually identical compound 
So this thing explodes. Um, a bunch of things happen simultaneously. One, 27 of the 28 firefighters and all four fire engines are instantaneously destroyed and killed by the blast. Um, two, 900 miles away in Denver, Colorado, this thing gets registered, and this explosion gets registered as a 3.0 earthquake. <laughs> oh, Jesus. What the fuck? I read that every fucking time, and I'm like, that cannot be real. And then I check sources, and it's like, oh my god, that happened. Yeah. Three. But also, you mentioned <laughs> that there were, uh, there were people who came to watch the fire, weren't there? Yeah, there were. Um... We'll get to that in a moment. Three, a nearby Monsanto chemical storage facility gets hit and also explodes, killing 234 people instantly. Four, another ship named the High Flyer, which was carrying a cargo of 1,000 tons of ammonium nitrate and how much was it carrying of? Right, 1,000 ton tons of ammonium nitrate and 2,000 tons of sulfur starts drifting towards it and catches fire. Also notable, uh, ammonium nitrate becomes way more volatile when it gets combined with sulfur. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's kind of the thing about this particular accident. Is there there are, I read a whole bunch on like accidents like this when I was when I was researching this thing, and there are a lot of like really really bad accidents, but it's a combination of, like, the fact that it took place near a densely packed residential area, the fact that nobody knew what exactly was going on until it was, like, too late and the entire city was on fire, the fact that, like, not only did you have the initial explosion, but you also had, like, this follow-up explosion. Oh, right, um, another thing about this. So, Texas City, you know how I mentioned it's a chemical and oil refinery? Yeah. Did I also mention that there were drums filled with oil and benzene all lined up and down the coast of the harbor that have now been punctured by softball-sized pieces of flaming shrapnel? No, you hadn't mentioned that yet. Did I mention that it became a massive fucking chemical fire that basically turned the entire port harbor into a massive chemical cloud of chemical smoke that, that kills you if you breathe it? Nope, that uh, that's a new detail. Okay, because that also happened. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay, so 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 let's 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 so let's do the tally. Let's do the tally here. Yes, yes. So this boat explodes. Yes, kills a bunch of firefighters and just a shitload of other just random people standing around. Kills literally all but one firefighter who had remained behind to try and coordinate efforts. Oh shit! Yeah, literally their their entire firefighting department and all of their ability to fight the fire just exploded. It's gone. There oh, is man. nothing to. There is nothing, and there is nobody to combat this fire. So, so, so the a boat explodes. Yes. A second boat is about to explode. Yes. A uh, chemical processing plant, what basically whatever Monsanto was doing in the 1940s, that's on fire. Polystyrene and oil, by and large. Yeah, that's on fire. And then also, yes. just for good measure, the actual like port, the bay, the whatever, the water in the in the area is also on fire. Yeah, actually, the funny thing about that, the water around the um, the Grand Camp before it exploded was so hot, it was starting to boil. Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
Yeah, so when these softball size, and you can see it, like you can look up pictures if you think I'm bullshitting. Dinner plate and softball sized pieces of like jagged fucking metal got blasted like two miles away from this impact site. And these things are superheated. Like, what the fuck? I mean, oh man. Could you imagine? Could you imagine just like being a person watching from like a mile or two away? And looking at it and being like, wow, that's a real pretty fire. And then just boom. And your ass gets knocked flat by this fucking pressure wave. Which blew out windows literally like 40 miles away from the initial detonation point. Assuming assuming you're lucky enough not to get hit by some piece of the ship. Yeah, assuming you're not lucky enough. Didn't like the anchor go flying or something like that? Yeah, so the anchor, I have it here somewhere in my notes. The anchor was found, it's a 1.5 ton anchor that got found, like, two miles from the blast zone. Oh, man. Yeah. And it's actually, like, the it, it, kind of getting ahead of it, like, because I did a little bit of research myself. There's a there's a memorial park uh, in Texas City kind of, like, commemorating the disaster, and, like, kind of the centerpiece of that is the fucking anchor of this ship. Yeah. So I actually have a bit of pieces... I actually have... Um, a couple of interviews from people. It's it's hard. It's surprisingly hard to find like concise information on this thing. Um, but I have a couple of them, and one of them is from again is from Will Lane, who is a chemist who is working at it. Who said, um, when the explosion happened, the lights went out, the lights just went out, and I could not see more than two or three feet ahead of me. And I thought, my God, it was a nitrate explosion. I'll probably lie right here and be burned to death after his ass was knocked flat by that pressure wave. <laughs> oh, God. How, how, yeah. how did he get out alive? I have no idea. Um, Like I said, it's hard to find information on this thing. Uh, he wasn't working at the docks at the time. He was working at a plant farther away. But, like, this thing, I guess, I guess he wasn't necessarily in any danger it's just when you see all the windows on your fucking office vaporize and your ass gets not flat, you're probably going to assume that you're going to die. Which, frankly, seems like a pretty reasonable reaction. Yeah, yeah. Another man, uh, another man who actually wasn't listed, being interviewed, stated, quote, After the explosion, I, or, after the, after the explosion, stated, quote, I passed a car in which two people had been decapitated. Then I passed one of the two little planes that had been flying around overhead. It had come down along the path, and I took up... Um, it had come, which had come down along the path, because another thing that had happened here was that this explosion actually knocked planes out of the air, specifically two of them. Oh, fuck. It sheared their wings off. <laughs> like, God what damn. the fuck? Oh, Jesus. I came down along the path and I took it up into town. Um, another woman, uh, Mary Hunter, a Monsanto secretary, was watching from her office. Um, after it ex- was watching from her office window, after the explosion, she stated, quote, I'm sure all that glass came into us and it must have gone like this. And she raises her right arm to protect her face. My arm was so injured all in here. My arm was so injured all in here, and she, like, points to her biceps. I had it cut out of me. Luckily, it had lead in it, and therefore, when they x-rayed it, when they x-rayed it, they could find the glass. Oh, God. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. Because, again, 
even if you weren't like even if you you could be literally miles away from this thing and like what what the fuck for all functional intents and purposes and obviously like for all functional intents and purposes as far as these people are concerned a nuclear bomb just went off like a nuclear bomb just went off like this thing registered yeah. as an earthquake in fucking Denver. So, okay, so so what what was what was the total body count at the end of it all? Okay, so when all was said and done, and after the fucking second ship exploded, which killed two more people, the body count came up to I have it right here, five hundred and eighty-one people. Oh man, the population, and that's, and that's the, not that's not in like an act of war, that's not in like a natural disaster. That is some people fucked up and some just there was just it's an industrial accident. Yeah. And we're talking just under 600 people dead. And when we're talking people fucked up, the initial cause of the fire isn't actually known. It's believed that one of the workers disregarded safety protocol and threw and improperly disposed of a lit cigarette. Um, no, which, no fucking shit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's our, our our theory as to what caused this industrial accident is that one of the workers didn't follow safety regulations. Good job putting that shit together. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Well, the thing about it is all the evidence got launched like two miles away and is also on fire. Fair. Along with everything Fair. else. It's not easy to conduct an... I'm not a forensics ex- expert, but I'm going to say conducting any investigation beyond there was a big fuck-off explosion probably not going probably not going to be particularly easy yeah, especially since it was this was in the late 40s so yeah fair fair but yeah 581 people were killed 3500 were injured and at the end of the day 5000 uh were and combined 5000 were injured or homeless um explosion caused 100 million dollars in damages which translates to roughly like 1.06 billion by today's standards Oof. something like that yeah Sweet Jesus. I mean, if there's an explosion like this, it's going to cause a shitload of damage. By the way, that number I just cited doesn't include, like, the opportunity cost of the fact that these factories and these warehouses no longer exist and can no longer be used. That's just pure damage on its face. Oh, man. Yeah. And to to say nothing of the fact that, like... Fran, like post World War II, France is not getting that fertilizer now. No, they're not. They're not getting <laughs> twenty three hundred tons. It's the shit they make bombs out of. <laughs> like what the fuck? Oh man. Okay. So, so basically, yeah, let, we have let... the actual. We have the actual destruction. We have a mm-hmm. body count. Yes. We have shitloads of just. Money down the toilet. Yes. What happens next? What is what is the aftermath of this? Because I think that's actually as as absolutely utterly fucked up as everything you've just described is. I think what happens next is the most interesting part of this. Yeah. So what happens next is all a ton of local buildings get converted into emergency hospitals, holding areas, morgues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because again, this was. This was an industrial city. They weren't equipped to deal with anything even remotely like this because you don't expect everything to just be on fire. I I don't think any city could conceivably be prepared for that, even today. 
even to yeah but like you'd expect to like in an area like i don't know say like atlanta new york you'd have like hospitals they didn't have like they they didn't have like a proper surgical hospital to fucking deal with shrapnel injuries and fucking massive chemical burns okay a bunch of different things happened here um one you saw the passing you generalized and again it was hard to find information on the specifics of this but one is you saw Department of Agriculture and a whole bunch of other official government departments, who I'm sure I can't name, passed a whole bunch of reforms involving the handling and the processing of ammonium nitrate, because no shit. Um, the yeah, second... I, would, I would certainly fucking hope so. Like... You know, yeah. actually, though, I, I feel like that. I, I feel like that's real different from how the government handled things today. Like something kills a shitload of people, you just kind of wring your hands and and give thoughts and prayers, and then nothing comes of it. Yeah, no, this is bad. Remember, we're dealing with. We haven't moved into the shitty baby boomer generation yet. We're still dealing with the greatest generation. Okay. And say whatever you want about the greatest generation and their faults because they had them, but like they got shit done. Yeah, they understood that the government has to do things. Yes. Okay, um, but anyway. But anyway, enough of us taking vague pot shots at modern politics. Um, second thing that happened is a class action lawsuit went out. The class action lawsuit of... Fuck, I should have had this brought up already. Oh, uh, it was uh, Elizabeth Delahite at all v. United States. Yes, there we go. Thank God, pulling my ass out of the fire. Um, Elizabeth Delahite versus United States. Um, the short and the long of it, because it gets into the stupid bullshit legal jargon and I had to have my brother translate it for me, is Elizabeth Delahite et al., i.e. all the people who joined in a class action lawsuit, um, filed a claim that stated the federal government was responsible for the action due to negligence. Um, the federal government obviously decided that it wasn't. It eventually came down to a Supreme Court decision who ruled in favor of the federal government. The short reason of why they did this is they stated that, and I'm translating this, so don't get angry at me if I get the legalese wrong, stated that the federal government couldn't be found liable for an accident of this type because the primary cause of the negligence was at too local a level for the federal government to be effectively found responsible for. Because, like, the federal government, obviously, if you're talking, like, a massive, large-scale military invasion, you can blame the federal government. But if you're talking about, like, a police action, and I mean, like, an actual police action, not like a Korean War police action, those are two different things. I mean, something like a police shooting... You can't sue the federal government every time that happens because that's the fault of the local municipalities, not the federal government. I hope I used the term municipality correctly there so no one gets after me. Sorry, I have lawyers in my family. They tend to get angry when I get my legalese wrong. It's fine. It's fine. No one, no one comes to us for, like, expertise. Yeah, but I like to think I like to think that I can at least put in the research and the time and not just talk out my ass, which probably isn't true, rip me, but okay, what the hell. Um, anyway, it was a four to three split ruled in favor of the federal government. However, that being said, um, this was a, the Congress passed a very, very large, passed a rather large, uh, relief and aid package to the tune of $17 million in... Uh, to the yeah, to the tune of seventeen million dollars, um, which in by today's money translates into like roughly one hundred and eighty million. 
And again, that falls outside of the purview of the additional 100 million in damages. So all told, um, all told, this thing cost the ran a tally of like 1.2 billion. Once you start outside of like opportunity costs and what have you. Ah, fuck me. Yeah, I can read off some more of these interviews if you want me to. Go for it. Sure. Um, Herb Medzger, who is somebody who is working on the docks. Uh, he initially walked, watching the fire with a group of high school kids. It was a very, it was very, very strong sulfur, sulfur in the air, sulfur fumes. It got, I, I just got to the point where I couldn't breathe. I went on, um, I just got to the point where I couldn't breathe. I had turned to walk away. I had my back to the explosion, but the force hit me in the back and it just sort of just, I don't know. I wouldn't say it picked me up, but it blew me forward 20 or 30 feet. Afterwards, describing taking cover under the car, um, a couple of pieces, he's referring to shrapnel, by the way, because again, it's raining huge fuck-off pieces of flaming shrapnel. A the sky of... is full of what used to be a boat. Yes, and a huge boat at that. A couple of pieces hit the car. I could feel it, you know, and it jarred, but but nothing hit me. We had to pry some folks out out that had telephone poles, in fact, I guess, or some kind of big folks some sort of big poles blown across them they were obviously crushed you know and it was it was not not a nice sight but i guess i kind of steeled myself to it for a while <laughs> jesus <laughs> like what the fuck oh man uh, there's something i do want to want to um point out so like I said, when you first told me that this is what you wanted to talk about, I didn't do nearly as much research as you, but I did go to Wikipedia to check the article real quick. Mm -hmm. And the Wikipedia article for Texas City Disaster, the first thing that's, that's listed is, for the 2005 oil refinery fire, see Texas City refinery explosion. Cause, what? Yeah, in, in 2005, it, not nearly as bad of an explosion, but there was another oil explosion uh, in this city. Like, because I, I guess that I guess it's still an industrial town. Yo, like, not it only totally does the is. city it's... inexplicably still exist, but it's still an industrial center. And there was another big old fire. Well, there, like I said, there was a huge like the recovery effort was actually like huge, and people like flooded into this place to rebuild it because it was I guess just due to the location and the fact that it already had like the people there already had the expertise and infrastructure to like operate it because it is an industrial city. So I guess just due to the position back in 1947, like, I don't, I don't even know how you fucking respond to something like this on, like, an infrastructure, on, like, a macro level. Because you're sitting there, and you're like, okay, we got a shitload of warehouses and refineries, and, like, we've got the ability to move them, and then 24 hours pass, and it's all gone. Yeah. The explosion blew out windows 40 miles away. It's gone. I don't know, like, I don't know how you deal with that. Like, fucking Natty Morrow was watching it um, from her back porch. Suddenly a thundering boom sounded, and second la seconds later, the door ripped off its facing, skidded across the floor, and slammed down onto the table where I sat with the baby. The house toppled to one side and sat off its piers at a crazy angle. Broken glass filled the air, and we didn't know what was happening. Jesus. Like, what the fuck? How had we never heard of this? I, I don't know. 
I don't know either because there are actual, I fucked up explaining it probably, but there are actually like really wide reaching implications with this thing further down the line. And like the specific time and frame it took place in, this was during the rebuilding effort after World War II. So it's not like some weird mid lull in like the mid 90s where nobody gave a shit. It was. Yeah. I don't know. And like, like history buffs, particularly American history buffs, fucking love talking about World War II and the time right before it and the time right after. Right after, yeah. Because like, this that's, is... that's the thing. Like, if you watch the History Channel, you see something about the fucking, like, Battle of the Bulge, and you're jerking off. Like... I love Battle of the Bulge so much. Ask me about Kursk. No, I'd rather not. Okay. <laughs> I guess don't ask me about Kursk, because that was, uh... That was Western Europe or Eastern European theater. We weren't actually involved in that one. Man, you want to talk about crazy bullshit from history that actually does get talked about? Battle of Kursk. Oh my god, the scale and size of that confrontation. You know what? But put a pin in that. We'll we'll make that a future episode. Battle of Kursk. Yeah. Okay. Because oh my god. Yeah. Just not only the scale and magnitude of that conflict that engagement that battle whatever the hell you want to call it but just the brutality of it is unreal i know the eastern european conflict in world war ii is generally and correctly assessed as being one of the most brutal in the entire war but like oh my god that is an understatement and a half but yeah, yeah. texas city 1947 i had no I had no clue, and when I gave this case to my brother, because I couldn't figure out what the Supreme Court ruling actually said, because fuck translating that. Yeah. Um, he Not only like, translate through legalese, but translating through legalese from 70 years ago. Yeah, and he laughed, and he's like, I actually just wrote about torts and claims, because he's in grad school, and he's like, where the fuck did you find this? And I'm just like, it's a long story. <laughs> Oh, Christ. Yeah, apparently the suit was under actually a recent thing um, that they, I, I guess it happened in the wake of the disaster. They passed something called the Federal Tort Claims Act in 1950, mm -hmm. and the lawsuit itself started shortly after that act passed. I guess the act was there, I don't know if this act yeah. was passed specifically so this kind of lawsuit could happen or what? I don't know either. Uh, I know it was the first one to utilize it, and I know the ruling, Supreme Court ruling, came down in 1953. Yeah, so th this took a while. Yeah, the um the last pay the ra last reparation and relief payments were paid out in 1955. Unsurprisingly, it took them a while to rebuild this place, even with yeah. the actually like relatively large amount of support they got. Yeah, I guess that's not really surprising. Like, but yeah, God. I know I like it's it's really hard to describe like what this must have looked like and like think and get in that mind frame of what this must have been like to live through something like this. But you can look up those pictures like the before and after of the harbor and like the before it looks like a harbor and after there's just it doesn't even look like water. There's so much fucking debris and the piers are just gone. Yeah. The buildings are gone. It looks like a nuclear bomb went off in this port. It's It looks identical to it. Yeah. And, God, just, just thinking about just the scale of it and thinking, like, 
kind of the, the fact that this happened right after World War II kind of emphasizes that, like, shitloads of people die in acts of war and, like, actual, like, active acts of aggression. Yeah. Like, that happens. And, and I shouldn't, like, downplay it like that, but that's just the way of things. Like, people do war, like, shitloads of people die. This was not an act of war. This was not, like, an act of malice. This was just somebody fucked up and hundreds of people died. Yeah, and that's, and like, again, I, I couldn't find actual census information because they take the census once every 10 years. Um, most estimates I found put it at roughly, like, fifteen to 16,000 people. Of the, the city? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, literally a third of the city was either hit by shrapnel, left homeless, or hit by shrapnel, was either killed, hit by shrapnel, or breathed in toxic fumes or something, or otherwise injured by this blast. Like, a third of your fucking city is immediately and directly impacted by this. Because either your house is gone, you've been seriously injured, or you've been outright killed. That's a third of a city gone. And even if you're not directly impacted, like, you live in a city that now is yeah, no, the basically school... gone now. Yeah, no, the auto shops were converted into morgues, the schools were converted into hospitals. Because they didn't have that. Fuck, you mentioned schools. Like, imagine being a kid living in this town when it happened. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Jesus. Oh, man. I, okay, I I feel like we should wrap this up soon yeah. because I feel like we're starting to repeat ourselves. We're Are there any we're kind of final thoughts you want to give on this whole thing? My final thought is it's weird the kind of bullshit that can fall through the cracks when you're dealing with history that you feel you know but actually don't. Because, yeah. like, I never... I, I stumbled on this as a total fucking fluke. Like, yeah, I you, wasn't... You were I, you were looking up dumb shit because was, you were mad at the bad the, writing of a video game. Yes, that is exactly what happened. It's really bad writing in my defense, but, like, it's not how I expected to spend my evening. And I think, like, literally, like, a day or two later, I'm like, I know what we're doing for the next GPS. <laughs> God. Yeah. So actually, like, let's give a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. So, um, like, like we said at the intro and and at the beginning of kind of every episode, we this is just kind of Matt and I talk about whatever we feel like talking about, and because it just seems kind of fair, Matt and I generally take turns picking the topic. Um, I mean, we obviously it has to be approved by the other person. Uh, it has yet to be vetoed. Like, neither of us have vetoed anything the other person's wanted to talk about yet. But, like, for the most part, it's just like, yeah, one person suggests something when it's their turn, and we just go like, yeah, okay, we can talk about that. But, as you may have noticed, if you've been listening, like, usually we end up just talking about nerd shit. We talk about, like, video games, or I talked about game shows once. Like, it's just just kind of light, you know, just kind of just fun stuff that's just kind of... It, it's, it's fluff, basically. It's it's distractions. But this this is just... Holy shit, y'all. <laughs> I mean, I guess... In fairness's name, this happened... Jesus, nearly 70 years ago. Yeah. Fuck, it'll be 70 years ago in... About 48 hours, really. But, Wait, yeah. What's up? Yeah, well, yeah, we were recording this just before the new year. Um, it's, like, where we are, it's uh, December 30th, and you folks should be hearing this on the 2nd of January. But yeah, so the 70th uh, anniversary of this thing is going to be coming up on the 16th of April. So we are ju- we are just shy of 70 years since this happened. Yeah, but like, goddamn. 
Oh, also, when the port was rebuilt, it was rebuilt to handle um, oil products only. Okay. I don't think that's super relevant, but I should probably... Well, I mean, it's, it's relevant to the, the oil refinery fire I brought up. Yeah. That's actually true, really. There you fucking go. Yeah. But that that's 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 the thing that just hit me. It's like not only is there this ridiculous disaster in this town, biggest industrial accident in the history of our in country. United States history, full yeah. stop. And then I went to the fucking uh, Wikipedia page to look up more information on it because you told me you wanted to talk about it. And the first thing I'm greeted with is, "Oh, do you mean the big Texas City fucking industrial accident disaster, or do you mean the second biggest one?" <laughs> and your immediate thought is just. What the fuck happened in the second one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, yeah. So let, let's wrap this up. Let's uh, wrap we don't, it up. Yeah, we don't have any questions for this week, but we will answer questions about literally anything. Uh, if you want to shoot them at us, we are on Twitter, at G-Shaped. That is at G-S-H-A-P-E-D on Twitter. Ask us anything. And uh, we, like, literally, we will we will answer any questions they can be dirty, they can be not dirty. Like, a lot of people weirdly ask us about food. I actually sure like why. the fact that we're like, and I think I've mentioned this on air before, and if not, here it goes. I actually love the fact that we're like, hey guys, we'll mention, and we'll talk about anything. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and our audience. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, fill our and inbox our listener, with questions about yeah. four, and then they just yeah, like, hey, our, do you like brownies? Our, listen, yeah, our listeners are like, what kind, of, what kind of shampoo would you want to be? And it's like, oh my fucking god. It's exactly the sort of <laughs> questions we deserve. Like, we deserve that. No, dude, I love it. I, I love I, it, too. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give the listeners a challenge. Not only do I want you to send us a question, I want you to ask us a completely just off the wall question. Like, Give us like, like again, like questions. kind of along the lines of what shampoo would you be? Like just a question that no one would think to ask someone else. Just give me just, give the, me just the most off the wall shit. Just terrible fucking questions. Yeah, yeah. We want we'll, the, we'll answer other, anything. Yes, we, other people want the best, we want the worst. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I, th- I think that's going to do it for us. So, uh, for Going Pear-Shaped, I'm Mike. I'm Matt, and I'm hopefully not dying in a colossal fuck-off explosion. Windows were shattered in Houston 40 miles to the north. People in Louisiana felt the shock 250 miles away. Yeah. <laughs> but remember, what? just in case you do die in an industrial accident, you gotta you've gotta live in the moment. Uh, you got you've gotta enjoy <laughs> life yet, while you have cargo. it now. So always 3, always remember feet into the air. Always remember, diddle yourself constantly. Jesus Christ, you're really gonna go with that when we talk about 500 plus people dying? This is this is this is what explosion. what episode eight or nine or something like that. I think so. Yeah, like yes, that's our tagline now. Like I can't okay. I can't go back on it. I mean, I guess you can't, but you could just, like, not say it. Yeah. Anyway, diddle yourself constantly.